Hey, gang, I know uh, you've heard us talk about Adam Sessions and, and OneWire, our sponsor here on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt for the last several months. If you need an ISP, an internet service provider, if you're looking for an alternative, maybe you're not a small business owner, but you work for one, tell your boss to check these guys out. You can go find Adam and information about OneWire at onewirefiber.com. Uh, get away from the big guys. These guys will take care of you. They have all the expertise and much, much better customer service than anybody else does. Voice, video, text for business, seamless, secure, cost-effective communications. You can modernize your office with one wire, um, add productivity, reduce costs. They provide phone and network features unmatched by anyone. Again, they're Utah born and bred. They love Real Salt Lake. So check them out at onewirefiber.com. Ask for Adam, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. All right, everybody, welcome back in Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. It is a playoff edition, our first ever playoff edition. We're about 10 days away from RSL going up to Seattle. Uh, Tuesday night, November 23rd, 8.30 p.m. Mountain on Fox Sports 1, FS1. There will definitely be some RSL watch parties around the Valley, I think, uh, Nick Ramondo's Beer Bar is going to have a party hosted by Brian Dunseth. There'll be something at the uh, Rio Tinto Stadium for uh, more of a family-friendly atmosphere as well. Those details coming out soon. I know our man, our sponsor, Adam Sessions of One Wire Fiber, he and his goalkeeper son are going to be up in Seattle looking at colleges and, oh, yeah, taking in – uh, playoff game, RSL's first playoff game since 2019, um, which also was in Seattle, a 2 nothing loss in the second round there in 2019 ended uh, that run. But anyway, uh, Trey Fitzgerald here, uh, Ryan Hale behind the glass producing, and um, Ryan, let's start with the Demiracle, as I've been calling it on Twitter all week. It doesn't seem to be catching on <laughs> quite the way I would like, but what an amazing redirect of a Justin Miram bicycle kick with literally 22 seconds left in added time at the death doesn't get much closer uh, than this. And Ryan, before I go into setting the scene there, at uh, at the stadium in Kansas City for the miracle. Uh, tell me what you were doing. How much faith did you have that that Pablo Mastroeni's side would find a way there in a very tight zero zero match at Kansas City? Hey, I'm going to say we always believe in my house, right? But uh, nice. <laughs> but I will admit too that uh, I had I had gotten up to. Uh, to find the remote to uh to you know get ready to turn off the tv i'm not i'm not proud of that that, that choice that oh. i was making but i was like you know what <laughs> if this if this ends the way it's looking i mean i'm not happy about it um i 
you know, I can see that there's going to be this offseason is going to be going to be wild no matter what the outcome of that game was going to be. So I was like, I was just, you know, getting my head ready to like think about those things. I'm like, I see Justin on the field. I see I see I see Demir. He's obviously everywhere. There were some things happening in that last in that extra time there that was, you know, obviously dangerous. But, you know, I wasn't. I was, I don't know. I let the, I let some of the negativity get in my head, but I was, as I was looking for the, the, um, the remote, you know, obviously I look up and there's Justin flipping backwards. And all of a sudden I actually thought that Justin's, uh, Justin's, uh, bike went, is the, what, what went in, but you know, there it is, you know, 93 minutes in and ourselves in the playoffs. And as wild as that is, LA Galaxy's out of the playoffs. <laughs> so <laughs> many things. Right. Decision day, man. What a crazy, like, I don't know. Sometimes that feels a little forced, but man, that was crazy. What a what a night. Jeez. Well, and and you may have seen, Ryan, going into this decision day that it was shaping up to be the craziest ever. Cause I think the league put out something that like eleven teams were still alive going in um that hadn't already clinched. And 17 different, like, seeding possibilities were at stake. So, you know, there was a lot going on. And for RSL to go into Kansas City after dropping uh, home games against San Jose and Portland, and especially the manner in which they lost those home games. I mean, being down 4-1 to San Jose after having such a bright first 30 minutes, giving up two uh, before halftime, giving up two more just awful goals in the second half, pulling two back to make the scoreline look better than it really was. And then on Kyle Beckerman night to, to give up three in the first half the way RSL did, I think you know optimism was probably at an all-time low going into Kansas City. Kansas City playing to get the one seed in the West. They are neck and neck with both Seattle and Colorado at one, two, three. I think there was one point separating those three teams on decision day. RSL just needing a win um, because we were in that very tightly packed five-team group separated by three points with um, LA Galaxy, LAFC, Vancouver, Minnesota, and us. Luckily, we won all the tiebreakers for anybody that could finish at 48 points, which is what we needed to win to do. So, you know, it was a decision day where we just knew win and you're in. We didn't need help. Um, we could have obviously made it a lot easier on ourselves had we performed better against San Jose and Portland. But, you know, the team arrived to Kansas City. I think the vibes around the team uh, were good. There were rumors that Pablo was going to go to four in the back, Marcelo Silva was healthy and available. Um, he had been, I think, on the bench in the Wednesday night game against Portland after not playing since September 15th. So sure enough, we get the starting lineup before an hour before kickoff in Kansas City. Silva's in there next to Glad. You had Brody on one side, Herrera on the other. You had uh, Pablo Ruiz and Everton in the midfield, Demir, Albert, um, Johnny Menendez getting a start and then uh, Rubio Rubin up top and uh, a little more of a conservative setup, uh, I think, for Pablo than we had seen in the 3-5-2. Obviously, the 3-5-2, I don't know what you thought of it. I loved it. 
Yes, we were bleeding goals in transition. A lot of times Eric Holt and Justin Glad were kind of on an island back there. But for me, over the last, I don't know, 12, 14 games since Pablo took over for Freddie, it was the most watchable um, RSL had been. And that's exactly what Taylor Twelman had told Pablo uh, the day before the Portland game. And, uh, you know, look, we can have this debate on another pod at the end of the year, but whether it's a three-five-two setup, a four-two-three-one, a four-four-two, whatever, when you're not uh, man-marking guys and you're losing them at the back post, as as Aaron Herrera did against San Jose, as Michael Chang did against Portland, it doesn't matter what the setup is. I mean, yes, there were, have been some bad goals that that maybe happen in a in a three-five-two that don't happen in other. Uh, more defensive or more conservative setups, but that three-five-two can very easily be a five-three-two if you know you're not trying to push ahead for the goals. But anyway, that's all for another time. So getting yeah. back to Kansas City, such a tense uh, first forty-five minutes. I think Achoa came up with some big saves. RSL didn't have a ton of chances. Didn't really test. Uh, Tim Milia, I don't, I don't even know that we had a shot on goal until 20 minutes left in the game. Um, Pablo kind of pushes his chips in the middle. He puts Bobby Wood and Anderson Julio on. He takes uh, Pablo Ruiz off. Um, Herrera is obviously going to push a little more forward. And then you're kind of back to that 3-5-2 in a 0-0 game when you need a goal and a win uh, to get in. I had just moved down from sitting next to RSL GM Elliot Fall up in the booth for about the first 65 minutes down to the field level uh, when those subs happened. Honestly, I did not see the glad handball from where I was sitting. Um, Obviously, you know, we see the replays, you see the pro statement on Monday and, and yeah, I guess that's a handball, but, uh, maybe for the first time ever, uh, RSL gets the benefit of a VAR uh, review and a call. So that was amazing. Um, and that set up, uh, again, the de miracle in the in stoppage time. And, you know, I might have been tweeting at people like you in those final five minutes, Ryan, because I was seeing a lot of negativity on Twitter. I am um, – I admit to being – uh, irrationally positive, hopeful, and optimistic when it comes to RSL things. But I really felt like we were creating opportunities. We were knocking at the door. You know, you had some Anderson Julio chances where maybe you wish he'd pass instead of shoot. Um, I think he had Everton Luis with really a much better shot on one of his breakaway opportunities. But you know, the work was there from Justin Miriam, Bobby Wood, um, Demir Krylock, Albert Rusnak, Anderson Julio. Everton was uh, a beast in terms of, of eating up balls, but the game was very wide open those last 20 minutes. Kansas City had some other chances that uh, that they just miscalculated. They misplayed. David Ochoa, Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva was an absolute monster. He wasn't really according to normal fitness um metrics he should not have gone more than 45 minutes and he went 
the full 90 and was an absolute monster out there. Andrew Brody was dog tired, uh, but he was pushing and pushing and pushing those last 10, 15 minutes. He ends up getting on uh, the MLS team of the week for being such a stud out there. And obviously Demir Krylock redirecting the, the bicycle kick from Justin Miram there with 22 seconds left in, in stoppage time, uh, gave RSL the one nothing win, vaults RSL in the playoffs, knocks LA Galaxy out of the playoffs. And I had kind of stopped paying attention to some of the other decision day um, score lines. And, you know, Minnesota was up big in that game. I think 2 nothing at one point. Uh, Chicharito apparently clawed LA back. But um, as I think you and I both saw on Twitter in the last day or two, the only time all season that the LA Galaxy were on the outside looking into the playoffs was the final 30 seconds of their game after Demir pokes at home. So um, obviously as that goal was scored and in the waning moments, the final whistle hit, uh, I did have a good time on Twitter reminding people that that, that we should always believe in the Claret and Cobol and that uh, – and that I had I had told everybody that that you know that they should believe in us. I did send a tweet that there was plenty of room left on this bandwagon that nobody believed in us except for us. And uh, you know maybe even a certain Seattle assistant uh, didn't believe in us. But here we are going up to Seattle on Tuesday the twenty third, and and I just can't wait. Um, obviously Seattle has been the class of MLS for several years. Under Garth Lagerway, they have an incredible roster. Um, they have great DPs. Games on that turf up there, I've likened um, in many forums, including probably this one, that it's it's like marbles in a bathtub. It's frantic soccer. You don't know what you're going to get. Your best laid plans um, go out the window because of that awful, awful, awful Lumen Field turf. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, the history, we can get into some of the stats and the other stuff, but um, you kind of have to throw all that out the window because it's, uh, as um, I think Albert said this going into the Kansas City game, like we have 90 minutes to get a job done. It starts at 0-0. Uh, yes, we made it harder on ourselves by not taking advantage of the San Jose and Portland home games, but now here we are. Uh, on our way to Seattle, and, and I love Albert's attitude. I know we want to talk today a little bit about his contract situation and all that. But anyway, um, what what is your what is your view looking back on uh, Demir and that one nothing win in Kansas City? Well, I think the only thing I I think of to tweet at that moment was like, who else? Like honestly, who else? Like the Demir's <laughs> Demir's the. Um, He's done that all season. I'm not saying that I'm surprised by that at all. I mean, obviously, we have a yeah. history of Demir. Uh, there's a history of Demiracles. I'll, 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 I'll bite on your little catchphrase there. But um, um, it's not surprising. But the way that he's taken the offense and like of this team, when that's not necessarily why he gets paid. He's not here to be the offensive threat necessarily. He's here to be like the stability in the midfield. I think that's what he came here for, but to see him step into the place, you know, RSL's had a lot of open 
spots on the field in the last couple of years. And every time he's stepped into a position outside of where he's supposed to be, it looks like it's his position. And he looks like the best in the league at it. You know, there's no there's no getting around that. Um, I really like I I did. I'm embarrassed to say that, you know, like what I was telling you about, like how I was maybe edging a little bit on the side of, you know, acceptance instead of belief <laughs> towards the end there. But yeah. when it goes in, I, I mean, honestly, that's 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 the way that it, it uh it felt, I mean, it felt right at that point, you know, that extra time in Kansas city is the RSL season in, in a nutshell there. Um, I was at the last couple of games in the stadium, Rio Tinto and waiting for a yeah. goal like that. Didn't get to see it. I mean, you were there. Give me a sense of what that stadium felt like. Honestly, like, you know, there's nothing worse than seeing your team get beat at home. But, uh, one of the things that I, I was kind of surprised by was the, there was, there was a, this seemed like there was some noise in the stadium, at least on the broadcast. I don't know. What was the, what was the stadium? Give me, so, me a picture. I mean, it was, it's a great, it's a great stadium. Like, I mean, I think Sunday, last Sunday was the second time I had been back there since MLS Cup 2013. And they do such a great job in that building of updating it every year, maintaining it, uh, you know, remembering that for a lot of people, it's their first time in that building. So even though that building was built only three years, I think, after Rio Tinto, um, the the upkeep is incredible. They spend, I talked to them, they spend a ton of money. The attention to detail at, I call it sporting park, but I guess it's called children's mercy park. Um, and, and look, we have a great rivalry with them, but their fans are phenomenal and have been always. So the blue hell, it was loud. It was intense. It was probably what I would imagine is exactly the atmosphere that our players, visiting players want to play in a, Javi Morales used to tell me it was so much easier to go into Portland or Seattle and, and deal with that like cacophony of noise and fans and the craziness because it provided an electricity and it really got the players going. And uh, it's a little easier than, as he said, when you go into Dallas or Chivas and you can hear the mom in the stands ordering nachos for her kid, you know, um, <laughs> that is just not professional, yeah. but anyway, um, look, it was, it was wide open that obviously fans in Kansas city went nuts at the no call on the handball for Justin glad. Um, RSL was knocking at the door. It was just, it was everything you imagine sports to be. It was everything you want it to be. It was back and forth. You knew, like not just those two teams kind of set up and fate was hanging the balance, but you knew it affected a bunch of other teams. Um, and when that goal went in and everybody realized it was going to stand, there was no offside. Um, it, it did. It, it went silent because people were in disbelief. RSL fans and myself was probably it's tad unprofessional because we were all yelling and screaming, <laughs> exclaiming, and happy, and celebrating. Um, our players going that dog pile on the on the sideline, kind of next to the bench. Um, and then you kind of hear Kansas City fans, like you heard like random screams, like, oh my God, <laughs> like I can't believe we lost this game. And, you know, I, I don't know if their video board showed a replay. I imagine it did, because they're very good about that there. In fact, Kansas City used to put a line item in their budget for fines from the league for replaying 
controversial oh, wow. fouls and cards and offside and all the things that that we are told we can't show in stadium because you don't want to incite uh, violence and 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 put twenty thousand people uh, <laughs> in a place of intimidating the referee. So yeah. anyway, I have a ton of respect for the for the uh, Kansas City organization. Off the field, I think they might be one of the best in the league, if not the best. They're right there with Seattle and Portland. And and honestly, we were right there in 2013 um, in terms of being considered like the model kind of small market franchise. And and some things uh, have gotten away over the years, but um, the rivalry on the field, and this is the reason I was so optimistic going into that game, Um since MLS Cup 2013, Ryan, RSL is now, including the decision day game, four wins, one loss, three draws at at that building. And I think we are now nine wins, two losses, five draws against Peter Vermees, not counting the um, the Orlando bubble game against Kansas City. So – um, it's just been fascinating uh, that we could have that much success after a heartbreaking 20-round penalty kick shootout loss in f- freezing nine-degree weather in that building. But anyway, yeah. um, the vibes on the sideline, in the locker room, doing the post-game interviews, the Zoom, the TV stuff we were doing on site, um, eating – the beer spraying Pablo's speech to the team in the locker room afterward, um, the flight home. And, and if you haven't seen some of these, go look at the rail salt Lake Twitter and social, go look at Tyler Gibbons, uh, lo- look at mine. Um, I mean, it was just such a, a explosion of happiness. I don't know how to say it. Like, Everybody was just like, we all fought for each other. We all believed in each other and we got what we needed. We got the three points in Kansas city and and we're going to the playoffs for the third time in four years for the 11th time in 14 years. And, uh, you know, nobody, you know, six months ago thought we would finish better than 12th or 13th in the West. And, um, here we are, uh, Again, the seventh seed playing the number two in Seattle, and yeah, it's an uphill um, task. It's a it's a it's a big mountain to climb. But yeah, go back to Albert. You got ninety minutes. Starts at zero zero. Seattle is obviously a great team and a great roster and a ton of respect. But um, they haven't been great lately. They're probably disappointed not to win the Supporters Shield, much less win the West and. Uh, Colorado ended up being the number one seed. Um, and now Kansas City plays Vancouver. If we are somehow fortunate enough to beat Seattle, uh, we might end up going back to Kansas City four days after uh, the Seattle game or five days on Sunday the 28th. But we don't need to get ahead of that quite yet. Yeah. Um, so we do have, you know, the next – we've got about a week and a half still until the first yeah. round. Um and I think we'll have some chance to preview this game, especially as it gets a little bit closer and as we get a chance to see what's going on at training over the next week with what Pablo's running, what's going on, how the team is looking, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, 
what is uh what is the biggest things that you see right now if you're looking at it from you know today we're recording on friday the 12th here yeah um what are some of the things that you're looking at that that rsl needs to be aware of going into seattle right now so you know it's it's funny because you look back at recent history against seattle rsl uh did win one nothing at home under pablo the last time uh these two teams met it it was um, September 18th, and that was actually the second win. It came right after the 4-3 win at San Jose, and that's the only time um, that this club won back-to-back games under Pablo. So the Kansas City game is great because you you end up going six wins, one loss, zero draws, in games after losses for Pablo, but effectively after wins, because Pablo is 500, 7 and 7 as the coach, although I don't think we should hang the Vancouver loss on him that happened 36 hours after Freddie uh, left for Seattle and told the team. But um, so the, you know, the, the resiliency, the grit, the determination that this group has to bounce back from losses has been great. But obviously, you know, now you're in a playoff situation where every game is one and done. And effectively, that Kansas City game was one and done as well. So you go into Seattle, um, I think, and I'd have to probably rewatch that game from September 18th at Rio Tinto. But in many ways, it was a one nothing win. It was the most complete, um, I think, maybe the most complete uh, performance for RSL um this year i mean to get a shutout uh to get the goal that you needed and um i'm trying to i'm looking back right now is of course demir krylock with a early uh second half goal 48 minute i think he he headed home of an aaron herrera cross if my memory uh serves correctly um so now rsl goes to seattle look you got to give Justin Miram a lot of credit because RSL has now won back-to-back road games. The Dallas comeback win 2-1 on two Miram assists. Um, the Sporting KC win on a Miram assist. Those back-to-back road wins are the first time RSL has had that since uh, 2018 when they won at Houston and at Colorado in August of 18. So it was over three years. So now – you know, look, nobody expects anything from this group. Everybody thinks Seattle is going to roll at home. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I think Pablo and these guys, they love the us against the world, the nobody believes in us. It's become a little cliche in the world of sport, but I, I think for RSL, it's truth. It's reality. Like, this is a team that's effectively uh, – Elliot Fall, the GM, built this roster without an owner. So you can say it's one hand behind his back. Like he had the DP and Albert that the league um, allowed to continue. Um, You didn't really have the other two DPs. You didn't have access to some of the other TAM mechanisms. Uh, But this roster found a way. And we went and got Rubio Rubin, Bobby Wood, Johnny Menendez, Tony Dakovich, um, you know, adding those guys either right before or during the season. And so with a mid-season coaching change, like that would, 
submarines so many organizations and so many teams. And, and there's a lot of times where it would have been easy for RSL to give up. And, and certainly the negativity from the media and the fans, both locally, nationally, internationally, um, thankfully nobody bought in any of that noise. They were always just focused on, on trying to get better every day and, and, and get the next game done. And, and certainly the formation change uh, was dictated a little bit by injuries. But what the three five two does for me, Ryan, what it does so great is it puts Demir closer to goal. It puts Albert in kind of a free role in the middle of the park. Remember, under Freddie's four two three one, a lot of times Albert was kind of stuck out on the wing. He'd go twenty minutes without seeing the ball, and it doesn't mean that he was having a bad year. It just, he wasn't showing up on the score sheet. And I remember specifically talking early in the year about his work rate and on the defensive side of the ball. And those are things you really have to pay close attention to and watch the games to get. But Albert ends up the 2021 uh, campaign as the, as the, he ended up with 3,045 minutes, which means he played all but 15 minutes of this 34-game season. He's the first RSL player ever in 17 years to pass 3,000 minutes. So in the game against San Jose, I think he broke um, Justin Glad's field player single season record. In the 16th against Portland, he broke Nick Romando's a uh, single season uh, player record and then um, six goals, seven assists for him in the final, I guess it was 12 games going into Kansas city. So the final 13 games. So clearly RSL scored a ton of goals. Albert was the engine of that. He's been called back into Slovakia. That's where he is right now. Did not play in Slovakia's two, two draw with Slovenia on Thursday. I would expect him to start Sunday against Malta, and then he's back in Salt Lake a week before we go to Seattle for the playoff game. So, um, look, he's out of contract. Um, from everything I've seen Elliot say and and do in the local media and privately, I think there's a lot of confidence on both the club side and on the Albert side that a contract is going to get done. And yeah, it might be weird uh, without. Uh, ownership clarity on how that contract gets done um, just like the coaching hire, but Elliot and his staff and John Kimball and his staff are in constant communication uh, with the league. I think Albert loves it here. He's had two kids in his five seasons uh, here in Salt Lake. His wife loves it here. And um, I think both sides are, are eminently willing uh, to find a way to get a deal done. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Things can always happen um, to to kind of sideline or, or come in uh, to kill a deal like that. But, um, you know, that, that'll get done hopefully, you know, right after the playoffs are over and the season's over, which hopefully that means it doesn't get done until uh, December 15th or so, a couple days after MLS Cup. But, um First and foremost, I think everybody's in a good place mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, looking ahead to going to Seattle on November 23rd. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, let me just let me throw you a couple couple 
questions about some of these players just sure. past you, and then we'll I'll let you go, and then we'll get back at it next week. Maybe we'll get some players in awesome. on the show. So in our in the yeah, week, I think we're gonna have hopefully Demir and Justin Miram, and then um, you know there's some other kind of uh, people that are a little more out of the spotlight that I hope to 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 join us next week. Yeah, considering how many people we've got I got on the show behind the scenes, there's still so many people that need to that are waiting their turn to come on the show. Um but we'll get it we'll get to everybody at some point. But um, um let me just talk about let me I wanted to we well, you talking about Albert and I just had to like I want to throw my two cents in there. I mean he's just one of these guys yeah. that that you know he elicits vol- volatile reactions, I say, out of the fan base. And I can admit to being one of those people. I mean, I know how nice he is. I know how good a guy he is. As this last week, kind of the Twitter conversation uh, from, from RSL, our RSL fans on Twitter, like, what a great conversation there's always going. But um, um, obviously, people are, like, putting, you know, after the goal from Demir, putting, like, their list. Does Demir fit on this list, the top five RSL players? Which yeah. that list is crazy. That list is, so we've got some amazing players here. Um, I think that for whatever reason, and I think the season had something to do with it just because, you know, there's that, that, uh, that kind of midfielder curse of not showing up on the score on the score, you know, on the score sheet as much, but like, you know, we were a little bit hard on Albert this year and there's not, there's not a lot of things that people want Like there wasn't an overwhelming amount of positivity towards Albert this year. And that's, you know, I, I'm not happy about that. I don't think, you know, obviously maybe that was some of his inspiration, but where does he fit on that list of all time? RSL players. How do I mean? Do you think he does he deserve a, a, a spot there? Should he be talked in the same in the same breath as Kyle and Nick yeah. and Javi? I mean, does he does he deserve that? So Bill Riley had a great conversation earlier this week with Chris Winger, and he did ask him this Mount Rushmore question. And Chris Winger had said, "Look, it's automatic that Kyle, Nick, and Javi are the first three, but that fourth spot, who goes there?" And and Winger said. For him, it's between Borchers and Alave, and I think ultimately he goes with Alave because you know he was two-time best eleven. He was just an amazing physical specimen, but you know a lot of Alave's success came with Borchers, and then Borchers not only won cup here and and lost a cup here, but then he went and won another championship in Portland. But that doesn't count because it it was you know not here. Um, I think Demir is right there. Um, and look, you know, I'm, I'm biased. I think Sabo has a shot at that, at that fourth spot on the Mount Rushmore as well. But for Demir to provide some of these moments he has, like he did Sunday in Kansas city, like he did in the 2018 playoffs at LAFC, again, another, um, heroic playoff moment. And, and when nobody expected anything from this club and we're playing, the darlings of LAFC and he does that karate kick goal and we go on to win that game and knock them out of the playoffs. Like that was amazing. And look under, under Demir's kind of, let's say his, his early heyday here at RSL, we've made the playoffs three out of four years with all of the things swirling off the field, um, the volatility, Kyle and Nick retiring during that time. I, I think Demir has been, an extraordinarily strong backbone of the club ever since he got here. And he's provided a million moments. I mean, how often the last couple of years that we talked about um, he's our best six, he's our best eight and he's our best 10. And he spent a lot of last year playing as a nine. So like he's, he's a Jack of all trades. He's a Swiss army knife. He's played four positions up and down the spine, depending on, 
who else is is available, who else is hurt or not. Um, I think I think you have to put uh, Dami uh, right there at four four A. And you know, I love Borchers, I love Alave, I love uh, Sabo. But man, if if Demir doesn't get a little extra credit, maybe for the degree of difficulty and and look, there's if you go top five, it expands the conversation a little bit. If you go top ten, um, it's just so much fun to talk about all these great guys in the different eras. But um, uh, you know, well, the are um, so the are so legacy his, of having his, he still has time to write his story, right? Oh, for sure. Like he's got he's got I think two years left, maybe three years left on his current contract. Um, and he's going to be a part of, of, of this club. Um, hopefully he retires here, you know? So, um, he's got a, he's got a lot of chapters left to write. Yeah. Um, our, Ar- has that legacy of having the supporting players be among that conversation too. Um, what about, how do you think, how do you feel, feel like Albert fits in that conversation with, uh, when you're talking about these top players? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And, and look, if we had had this conversation six months ago, I think the jury would have been out on Albert a little bit, but, uh, for everything we just talked about for him to really, I think, grow into that leadership role as captain of this year's team, um, to exert his influence, regardless of formation, regardless of coach, um, uh, I think you have to give Albert a lot of props. And again, if he resigns, uh, gets a new deal here with this club, with um, then you know he's right up there in that conversation as well. Uh, and it's exciting to think about and talk about um, RSL 4.0 with Albert and Demir and a solid. Um, you know, coaching situation, a solid ownership situation uh, as we go forward here coming out of uh, this, again, this current playoff run, which we hope doesn't uh, doesn't uh, terminate, doesn't end anytime soon. Let me ask you about one more player real quick, and then I'll let you go here. Um, yeah. Justin Miram has been a constant presence whenever things, whenever the chaos starts rolling in RSL's favor, it's usually off the foot of Justin. <laughs> yeah. Um, his role, his role in this team has definitely been, I don't know, maybe I was joking around with you about this, but uh, he, he's the Mariano Rivera of, uh, of RSL right now. He's the closer. Comes yeah. in and just, yeah. uh, he, doesn't need, he doesn't need to touch the ball that much, but changes the, the game. Um, how important is it for, that, for someone, to have someone like that in that role on this team? I feel like anytime that there's been something big happen, Justin's been a sure. part of it. Is that? Well, for sure. And especially if you look at how important it was, basically his heroics in the Dallas game and in the Kansas City game, two road games, those are the, those are the performances, those are the that got us into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's Justin's had a few different roles. He's started a lot of the games um, in a winger, and his role's a little different when you start and you have to go 60, 75, 90 minutes as opposed to him – coming off the bench and, and being asked to only go, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. And as we saw in Dallas, as we saw in Kansas City, um, he's able to make so much, so many great things happen. Um, and those are the things that got RSL into into this postseason. So, you know, Miram's another guy that is out of contract. I think there's a club option 
And, um, you know, hopefully he's back next year too. And, and, you know, look, he's earned the right to go be a free agent and who knows what he wants his role to be, but coming off the bench and being that kind of super sub that spark and, um, you know, he was playing for the Iraqi national team up until a month ago. He just recently retired, uh, from there. So he just has a world of experience to offer, uh, in all, all of this. Um, and again, hopefully he's got many more chapters to write as well, but we would not be in the 20, 2021 playoffs without Justin Miram. I believe that. Well, there's a lot of things that we have to talk about before the 23rd. We've got a lot of things to talk about before 2022, you know, so there's a lot of things going and there's a lot of things on the, <laughs> on the docket here for yeah. bleeding Claire and Cobalt. But, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to make this call with me today, Trey. Um, no, yeah. thanks for, uh, being flexible and letting us get this out. Thanks for your, all your amazing work as always. And, uh, and I can't wait for us to sit down with some great guests uh, next week before we uh, head off to Seattle. All right, Trey. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bleeding Claret and Cobalt brought to you by at One Wire VOIP. That's One Wire Fiber. Adam Sessions gets another shout-out because he's an amazing partner and sponsor of this podcast. And... We look forward to seeing all of you, RSL Nation, uh, at the various events up to and surrounding the playoff match at Seattle.